Pinball Nerds Podcast. At the Pinball Nerds Podcast. Pinball Nerds Podcast. Pinball Nerds Podcast. Welcome back, Pinball Nerds. I'm sorry when it was Owen's turn to take his cue, he was having a little bit of orange juice here. Guys, that's a motocross race or something happening there. Um, Wow, welcome back, Pinball Nerds, episode 242 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name is Orville Albert, and on today's episode, I'm going to be giving you the highlights of Pinburg, and I'm only speaking quickly because on my Anchor app that I record on here in the car, I only get one hour max, and I jam-packed this weekend. You would not believe it. I'm going to say it right here. I know I'm your fifth favorite pinball podcast, but this was perhaps the fifth most rad thing to ever happen to me going to Pinburg. I am back in the high life again, guys. Oh my lordy. Look who just turned 40 fifth year and is having the best time of his pinball little friggin' life. Okay, so like the raddest thing that ever happened to me was getting married to my incredible, beautiful, awesome, supportive pinball wife sitting right here. I love you, baby. I love you too. The second most and third most are tied and it's those two dudes back there in the car. The day they were born came into my life, made my life better. The fourth most rad thing was probably me actually going back to and figuring out a way to live on my own in a tiny little uh, 325 square foot mini bachelor apartment and go back to school and graduate and get it paid for myself and um, yeah, going back to college, graduating from marketing at Fanshawe in London, shout out! Uh, yeah, anyways, so the Forest City, that's right, and I'm going to be going through my old hometown, it's weird saying that today, because that's right, my bro-in-law, Mr. Neil Balin, is getting married to the love of his life, Chantel, and they're going to live happily ever after, but you didn't come here to hear about weddings, you came here to hear about the largest pinball tournament on the friggin' planet. Now, here's what's going to happen today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Pinterviews I did, and I did a lot of them. I can't tell you if I got to 100 Pinterviews, because I tried to count in the car while driving home from Pittsburgh last night, and I have absolutely no clue. There's a lot of them. That's what I can tell you. There's a lot of them. I will be able to give you an update a little bit later on once I actually know myself. Sometimes I start talking to one person, then I end up talking to two, which would then another person chirped in for some other things in the background. And anyways, I did. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I did like, maybe I, I got every person at Pinburg and maybe I only got 10, but you're going to find out about that later. But I'm going to tell you the story of me at Pinburg and how the two Rogers saved the day. Here we go. Uh, my drive to my travels, my travels started a whole week before I left to even go to Pittsburgh. So when people ask me if I drew, drove in or I flew, uh, it was a little bit of a long, confusing answer, but essentially I drove through a couple provinces. You pinball nerds have already heard the story. Uh, ended up going to Darien Lake Six Flags. I think that video has like, I'm, I'm guessing it's got to have like upwards of 600, 700 videos by now where I did my top five Jurassic Park super awesome features well on the roller coaster at Darien Lake. Uh, I actually had a couple of people mention to me at 
Pinberg that they had seen the roller coaster video. I was a roller coaster video guy. They had no clue I had a podcast. They had no clue that I, I you know, I have a Twitch channel, but they knew all about me just from that video. So, uh, thanks so much, Mr. Steve Bowden, uh, for sharing that on fun with bonus and all the other people who shared it and liked it and showed their friends. I really appreciate it. Um, anyways, I get to peace Peace's house. He goes by and he, he does explain the story and I'm not going to go over it too much, but everybody knows him as just peace. So when you're at Pemberg, everyone's just walking by going, Hey, peace. Hey, peace. A lot of people doing the peace sign. Um, it's not his given name, believe it or not, but I called him peace man, Nick, when I first got there and he's like, no dude, it's just peace. Now I'm not going to do the peace voice the whole time, but he's got a very distinct and interesting voice. And life. He had a very, very interesting life. Um, the part of town where he was living was a little rougher than I'm used to coming from big old shed in Ontario with 500 people. Um, it's a very multicultural neighborhood, uh, very different than what I'm used to. Uh, he was, let's just say this. When I got there, he recommended having nothing visible in the car where I parked it. And, uh, also it, even though you know, you could leave your car there for months and be fine, but he had recommended in case you have any important documentation and such in the glove box, just to maybe not have it there. And I guess because, you know, his, his car has been fine. So I'm sure what mine would be fine during that period. It's just not a particular neighborhood that, uh, it's not the safest part. It's uptown. It's uptown Pittsburgh, downtown Pittsburgh. Beautiful. I felt super safe. I know they have cameras everywhere. Uh, but this particular neighborhood wasn't super safe. That's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, Peace Man Nick's house is super awesome. He had Spy Hunter, and I forget the other game, but he'll tell you in his interview. And uh, right when I got there, he said, okay, you ready to go to Helicon? Well, Helicon Brewing is where the pre-Pimberg tournament was happening. Several uh, top players on the planet were there. In fact, most of the locals, more so, I think, were there. Uh, the really good locals from Pittsburgh. I was exhausted. I had just driven like six and a half hours, but I said, dude, let's go to Helicon. And he's like, so do you want to drive or do you want me to drive? And I was like, well, it was frankly terrifying driving through downtown. But honestly, dude, you're hosting me. I don't mind driving. Um, I don't really want to drink it all tonight. Maybe just have a couple, you know, sample glasses or a couple pints and wait a few hours. And I, I want to be basically the DD. And he was like, I love you, man. And honestly, I'm not 100% sure. I don't know, but I suspect Peace Man might have had a beer, a beer or five before I got there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So I suspect he was like, yes, yes, I'm not, I, I, yeah. Now maybe he only had like one, you know what I mean? And, 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 but anyways, Peace was pieced out enough that I thought I should drive. So we drive to Helicon. The whole way there, we're doing a podcast, which I will be airing in the future. These need, these suckers need to be edited. I, I couldn't upload while I was there. Uh, it was going to be too hard to do like 60 or 70 in between. Also, a lot of them I do want to attempt for my very first time, guys. I will not edit. I won't cut out a single word. I won't cut out dead air. I won't cut out the 15,000 times I say like, um, or yeah, as filler words, which I'm attempting to get better at saying less. What I will do is I will attempt to get rid of the background noise because some of my favorite interviews, and I, I know that Mr. Jeff Teal's pinball profile shout out. Uh, he definitely got some crazy interviews with like, we'll just say a lot of the players going really far in the tournament. I'm not going to suggest that that happened, but I got a lot of pinball personalities. I spoke to a lot of uh, players that were playing with me during the two days. And wow, 
wow, wow. Anyways, let's get back to the pinball. Uh, that night I get creamed, I get destroyed, but they have great beer at Helicon. I think that night I got 17 pinterviews, okay? And I tried to stick it two minutes. It wasn't their fault. Some of them went over. You can't go. Some of the people were just so, and it, it, there is some, like, okay, I will tell you this as a little teaser. I got Neil McRae. You guys probably know him, very vocal in the pinball community. He's co-hosted, I believe, Head to Head Pinball. Um, he's been interviewed on pretty much a, a lot of places. Really awesome dude from the UK. And uh, he would, but because he was one of the first guys, I did cut him off right at two minutes because I said it would. And also, because he was in the middle of playing. Not a match for the three strikes. I think he was out by then. But he was, you know, people were waiting for him. So he only had that short period of time as well. But he's the one guy that like, Neil, if you're listening, Mr. McRae himself, he is a wordsmith. His two minutes was like incredible. Might have been the best two minute interview I got. But next year, I want to give you a full slot, dude. Next year, instead of going for 100, here's what I'm going to do. I've already thought this out. I'm going to go for 10. 10 really good ones, but they're going to be like my style, 15 minute, half an hour max. Okay? And, and, and a couple of the people, we had to cut it short because of various reasons. Um, the last teaser for these pin reviews, okay, the last teaser, they're going to be coming out over the next week or so. I got an interview with perhaps my favorite pinball person on the planet and very well, perhaps yours or one of your favorite pinball people on the planet. And I was shocked that I was even able to get this. And wow, I did kind of want to get, you know, get in the ring with the one of my favorite pinball personalities and chat for like ideally half an hour because that's kind of where not my wheelhouse I feel like my best ones are 20 minutes to half an hour that unfortunately was cut short because the start of a finals was being aired on Papa TV and Papa Twitch channel go over and show some love to Papa if you haven't already and get in there and watch not just the one hour the last game do not do yourself that harm and start with the one hour watch the five hour even if it takes you all week you probably you guys are pinball nerds you probably were watching live there waiting to see your fifth favorite pinball podcast host go on stage. But I didn't do that. You guys know I already said, like, you know, I knew I'd probably get... It's my first Pinberg. I'm ranked, like, 2100th in the world or worse. Um, I am super rusty. I've been moving across, you know, the country for a long time. Uh, I hardly played any pinball when I was there. I think we got the pinball room set up, what, two days before we left, hon? Yeah. Something like that, maybe yeah, three yeah. max. So anyways, I haven't been playing a ton of pinball. I, I had made all these promises to you guys and I really failed on them. And I failed perhaps more importantly than even you guys. I failed myself. I said I would go through Steve Bowden's uh, video last year. Um, I think that that one was uh, sponsored by Deep Root. Very excited what Deep Root's going to do, by the way. Steve was wearing his retro atomic zombies uh, shirt the one day and I was like, Pretty sure he was. Pretty sure he was. Uh, good old Raza. And uh, that just got me thinking. And Steve, I trust. Like, this guy is so friggin' rad that if he's behind a product project, I just feel like it can't be bad. Like, maybe, maybe everything that they talked about is not true. And I will say this. The one thing I do kind of disagree with, but I do want to put it on a shirt maybe. Maybe a Pimmel Nerds podcast shirt. <clears throat> I'm going to put podcasting is hard. Because it is, okay? And so is pinball. Podcasting is hard because the hardest part about podcasting is not the tech side, is not the editing. The editing's the worst part. The hardest part is having 
something important enough to say for someone to listen to, for you to be at least a, a mildly likable enough character. Well, the same is true with pinball, if I can make that reference. In pinball, the hardest part is not producing the game, even though that part is the part that people fail on quite often. It's not the manufacturing. It's not getting the thousands of different parts from all over the world. It's getting the right team behind you between a combination of obviously game design. That's the one people always think of, but you can have excellent game design and the company can be poo-pooed because you've got to have a combination of the marketing, the manufacturing, uh, sales, everything's your, everything, your customer service. If your customer service is not on point, like that's the baseline. If your customer service is not on point, your pinball company is just not going to make it. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is that with pinball, okay, I promised for Pittsburgh that I would watch the entire like eight, 12 hour, I don't know how long, it's very long of last year where Mr. Bowden went to every single machine and played one ball and I would make notes because over half the machines there I'd never played in my life and I had no clue what the rule sets were. So I, well, I'll tell you what I did instead, but I, w- I said that I would like to get 888th. I would be very proud of myself if I did that. I didn't want to get last, of course. I didn't think I'd get last. I thought worst I'd do would be 950 between you and me and a tree. Don't tell anyone. But 888, I was completely okay with. 777 was like my mid-range goal. And I think whenever you're doing something this important in life, you have to have a goal. And my number one goal was six. Six six, the mark of the beast. That's right, one of my favorite games of all time, Iron Maiden. And secretly, I didn't tell anyone, but I thought, geez, if I could just be in the top 500, I'd be so happy. Top 500 would have been middle of C. For those of you who don't understand how it works, and I didn't know until recently, and in fact, it changes every year. So if you're placed first place, which is $20,000 US, which is like, I think, 33,000 Canadian or something like that. Don't quote me on that. It's it's more. It's definitely more. I don't think it's quite 50, but oh, there's some bad cheap. Okay, cool. Sorry. We're in, uh, we're in Amish country. This is really cool. So all these people have like their own homesteads and that's all I want. See that guys? Like see that raspberry strip in the middle? Yeah. And, and they had that. We're going to have to protect it from the bears out there, but that will be fine. Okay. We're going to do the garden. I decided while we're going to Pinburg, we're doing the garden. Okay, fam? Yeah. Perfect. I don't care. Do we're it. doing it. If the bears keep coming in, finally we'll, we'll abandon the garden. Maybe we'll spend a little bit less than we were planning, but we're doing the garden. Okay. Back to... Back to Pember. Guys, I got four hours sleep the first night. Wait, I, I'm going getting ahead of myself here. So, anyways, those are my three goals. 888-777-666, or like top half, and I would be insane. So, first place, all the way back to 200th place is A. 200 to 400 is B. 400 to 600 is C. 600 to 800 is D. And 800th place, all the way back to a thousandth for qualifying. Now, qualifying is not like qualifying like a lot of other events where, oh, you go play five games or you go play even 10 or you do a flipper frenzy where you play like 20 or 30. What you do is you get into a group. You're started, I I don't even know how you're started. I think it has to do with if I'm not sure, but you start with like one really high ranked player, one really low ranked player and like three kind of in the middle, the middle sauce, okay? And then what happens is, is you play... You play on, uh, sorry about that. We totally got distracted. This car is just sitting in the middle of the intersection. We're on our way to a wedding. We can't miss the party bus. Yeah, let's step on it here. 
What are we driving, Miss Daisy? This guy's like, I get where in the country. Just kidding. I'm sorry. In Nova Scotia, everyone drives like that, so I'm being a jerk. I'm being a London jerk. Well, I'm being I'm being a Pittsburgh jerk because driving there was crazy. Every car was two millimeters apart. But let's go back to the ranking system. So, anyways, ideally, I would have ended up in the very middle of C, and people would have been shocked with me telling them that. But I actually went out there, and, and I'll explain how the banks work. Each bank has four machines. It's got an EM always. I should say an EM and or a really early solid state, I'm pretty sure. But an EM, typically, a solid state, okay? Then it's got, like, whatever, a System 11 or something. I'm probably off with that. But it's like a... a it doesn't have to be a System 11, but it's usually typically something, I believe, from, like, 1984 or, or even 89 all the way up to, like, in around 2000. Then there's typically a newer one. But sometimes there wasn't always a newer, like, Stern or something like that or Jersey Jack. But... Anyways, basically two older machines, two new machines. That's essentially how it worked, okay? Uh, and and always, and these guys have thought out these banks incredibly. What they did is they put, if there was ever a game that went long, like World Poker Tour, they would put it with three harsh games that were really quick. And still World Poker Tour was being played last at the end. And you think I could do good on World Poker Tour? No. But on day A, I got a seven on my first bank. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. And I, and I said to myself, you've got to ask them. Each time you play, you've got to ask. And they were they were awesome. I'll maybe go over the individual bankings later, but you got to ask them for a pin review. you got to get to 100. And I was like, no, you got to look at pin tips for your next bank. No, you got to go get some food. You're starving. You partied at... Well, I didn't even, even explain Helicon yet, so I should go back to that. Helicon... I went XXX out early, did 17 pint reviews, tried a couple really rad craft beers, did at least, I would say like two, two to three, no, actually about five, five, probably five of those. Two of them I was really shocked by how long we went and how interesting they were. The other three, I knew they were already pinball characters. And uh, so I would say I got five ridiculously, to me, interesting, unexpected characters that did really good pint reviews. The other 12 were still good. Uh, if not great, but just five of them in particular stood out. So, uh, Peace Man Nick did better than me. I think he was kind of like middle of the crowd, somewhere in there. Uh, then we drove back to Pittsburgh. I think we had a beer or two, played some of his pins, went to bed. Uh, when I set my alarm, it said like four hours and seven minutes. And I was like, oh, I did it. I stayed up way too late the first night. Everything I said that I wouldn't do, right? And uh, the next day we walked down there, got there on time. I walk in. Was it the PNG arena or something? I don't know. I Whatever. Maybe that's where the Penguins play. <clears throat> it was at the convention center. Pittsburgh convention center. I apologize, Pittsburghians. What do we call you? I asked several people. Some people were like, no, it's just Pittsburghtonians. And then, now, I think that might have been someone not from Pittsburgh who said that. The other people were like, oh, no, we're, we're Pittsburghers. Right? So, I, I like Pittsburghers better. So, if I say that and I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I'll figure it out next year. I did. I, I wish I had got more people from Pittsburgh in there. I didn't get tons of local Flavo Flav, but I did get the Peace Man, and that was good enough for me. Uh, Peace Man actually made it on twice. He did a two-minute exit interview at the end of three days, having to put up with good old Orbital Albert, and then he did a, a good, like, 15 to 20-minute one on the drive to Helicon. So, Peace and Sandy, his uh, awesome partner there, she is a volunteer at Replay Effects, 
and uh, to all of the volunteers, to all of the techs, to all of the security. The security staff was incredible, really nice, really kind. Pretty sure they might have walked by us tailgating, drinking beers on the back of Mike Dinas's uh, truck. Everyone's tailgating down there, and they literally just nod their head. As long as you weren't like booming the tunes or like running around or peeing probably in the corner, you know what I mean? They didn't care. I think it's like kind of allowed there, which I loved. America, I love you. In Canada, we got to step it up. Why can't we tailgate legally and just have beers? If I was having to drink at some event like this in Canada, I would have to like put two beers in each pocket and then like leave the convention center and then like sneak around a corner and like drink it so like a cop or a security guard or anyone, anyone there really didn't see me and you know, give me the uh-huh or, or the boot even worse. And I thought the worst thing ever would be kicked out of Pinburg getting kicked out of Pinburg for drinking beers in the corner. Now, I'm not going to go into each and every bank because it'll be easier for me to remember the bank and go over the scores when I have a laptop in front of me and I'm on the road right now. But I can tell you this. Could you open that for me, bud? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Sorry, I got a little bit of a dry mouth. My throat's getting a little crusty, but I have a nice little Minute Maid orange juice here to have for brekkie. And uh, so Owen's going to get that all revved up to... Thanks, bud. I'm holding my phone in the other hand. Oh, yeah. You know someone's, a, you know, you know your friend's a good friend if they'll take the juice box and uh, put the straw in there for you and pass it back to you. Because some people will just be like, "Do it yourself, yo." Uh, anyway, thanks, Owen. So where was I? Remember? Oh, so sorry. See, even my family's not listening. I'm just kidding. They have to listen a lot, so I, I don't fault them for that. So. Anyways, I ended up getting a, a seven on the first bank, but I will. I do want to go over the banks at a future point and just go over all the games. I get a seven on the first bank, seven on the second bank. So each one of these banks, what you do is you meet up with four players and you play four machines. And then after that, however good you did, like the guy who got first, he moves up in ranking out of the thousand, the guy who got second, so on, such forth. You probably figured that out already. So then I got a seven. So a 12 is a perfect round because it's... Uh, it's how many people you beat each round. So the best you can get is a three because you beat three people. So if you got first, you get three points. So it's not like other tournaments where you could get like a 16 or a 20 even, right? Like uh, depending on the scoring. Anyways, I got a seven. So that means I got I beat people seven times. So usually what I was getting is a three, like a win on the EM. I got a lot of wins on the EMs. I can't wait to look at my EM record. I'm guessing my EM record's probably three and one. Uh, anyways. Not bragging or anything, just I'm better at the older machines because I don't remember rule sets. And I was reading pin tips in between each and everything. Uh, shout out to pin tips and pinball spinner and all these cool conglomerate sites. And I think there's a pin coach app as well. Sometimes you have to have a few of them because not each site has every machine, especially not all the pop-up facility machines. <sighs> Sorry, a little bit of, I have a little orange juice there. Um, what, it, what I ended up doing was going seven, 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 Eight, seven, I believe, but I can confirm later. I know I got lots of sevens, and I think one eight. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, what that did was that meant that I qualified for a division. And you have to remember, in the second, third, and fourth, and fifth rounds, because I kept getting sevens, a fi- basically a five will slowly drop you if you're around the center. If you're near if you're near the very bottom, if you rank like 999th, a 5 will actually move you up a little. But uh, I as I kept going all day, 
Like a seven immediately put me up pretty far. Um, but what, where you are after one game doesn't matter, right? But you're checking every... Here's the crazy part that I love. For any of you who, who weren't there, every single solitary time in between, you're checking your ranking. You're checking as soon as they announce you're checking who you're playing with. I was trying not to look up their rankings, but if I recognized the name, I would look it up and be like, why did you look them up? They're so much higher than you. And as the day went on, I was like, oh my God, this guy's 112th. Oh my God, this guy's in the... Yeah, this guy is like eighth. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, anyways, it kept getting better and better and better. And then when I got the A round, I bumped way the hell up. And I was like, oh shit. Oh, oh shoot. I'm sorry. I'm too tired. I try not to swear. Oh, by the way, I'm kind of glad I had that little accidente there. I want to let you know that all the way through Pinburg, I not only, uh, I not only told people it was fine if they swore, I promised them that I would tell you guys that for these next, I would say, there might be five Pinberg episodes that I could squish all of the interviews into, okay, and maybe a wrap-up episode, but for those of you who don't love competitive pinball, I don't care, because even if you don't love competitive pinball, you're going to find these interviews interesting, we didn't always just talk, we talked a lot about, actually, I, I found just listening to a couple on the way home that we talked a lot about Wimbaum women in pinball and that's very relevant it's something that I think it's good the more we talk about it the more especially we ask women in particular uh, what we can do to just continue to make sure that we you know women are more visible in podcasting and manufacturing and art and I'd be really cool to see a woman designer um, I know in video games that that's really turned around in the last 15 or 20 years and uh, I know that uh, it's there's tons of women who work for pinball companies and distributors, don't get me wrong, but I can't wait to see even more of them in more prevalent positions in podcasting and uh, commentating or watching live streams and and the percentages of women. I would guess, and I don't know if this is true for sure, but I would guess that each year at Pinburg, we're seeing a higher percentage of women. And I, I would like to actually try to do that research. So now we're 26 minutes into this maximum one hour and I've got to get on a party bus for a wedding. Um, so I want to make sure I keep going through this. So I'm going to kind of skip ahead here. But long story short, I'm not going to suggest that I sandbagged in my last round because I didn't want to go in A. But I'll tell you this. I had promised that I wouldn't drink until like after dinner break, which is after your third round, I think. And I started drinking like after the second round because I started getting so nervous by who I was playing with. Now, I wasn't doing shots or anything, but I was definitely sipping on beers the whole time through. And then might have gone and tailgated and crushed a couple of Bud Lights with my good buddy Mike Dimas and Joe Stanzik. Shout out for all those Bud Lights, guys. Thank you very much. I, you guys know I'm kind of a crafty beer fella, but believe me, when in America, do America. And actually, I think they were bought the duty free in Brewed in Canada, so I don't even know what I'm talking about. But actually, they must have been because they were Bud Lights, but they were 4.5%, right? So anyways, crushing, and those are nice beers you can drink quickly, and you don't care if they're totally cold, even though they usually were. I think until the last day, we completely ran out of ice and said, screw it. Um, but, and that was also nice. Mike, I really appreciate that. I know you guys didn't pay tons for those beers because you got them at the duty free shop, but you know what? It was costing me eight fifty per craft beer American. I'm doing the math. I'm like, I think that's $13, which I don't know if you live in New York city, you're like Psh, that's cheap, Albert, but okay. Out in like the Scosche, Nova Scotia, where I'm from, uh, you can go to like the local craft brewery and get awesome pints for five or six bucks. And samples for even less, right? So 
you know, that's the kind of prices I'm used to paying, not 13. And even in London, you can get reasonable pints at Milos's Craft Beer Emporium. Shout out uh, for like, you know, seven, eight bucks, the really, really high end, like Belgian ones or really expensive high ABVs, triple stouts or whatever, you know, those might be, uh, whatever, 11 or 12 or something. They do have more expensive beer, but they have awesome local craft beer for reasonable prices. And I honestly did not have that much money moving out East cost way more than I thought. That's part of the reason why I stayed with Beastman Nick. The other part was I wanted to stay with a local and get more of a, a view of what it's all about than I could have staying anywhere else. And I'll tell you, Beastman did that. Um, but I'm going to let you, I'm going to let him tell you about that in one of our exit interviews. So we ended up, uh, uh, you know, I ended up drinking quite a bit more than I probably should have. And again, I tried as hard as I could. I went for every possible slap save if I thought the tilt would allow it. If I wasn't already out of double danger, I went for every single solitary. I went for, I was being adventurous. I was going for tap passes on machines. I hadn't tap passed and sometimes completing it. Uh, but I allowed myself to drink Again, not to sandbag or play worse, but because I did not want to go to A. I kept saying anything but A. Look, it's cool if you make it to A your very first time, but then there, you have no chance of playing on Saturday in the finals. Like, I mean, some people do, but I don't, and I know that. I'm a, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that intelligent, but I'm logical enough to understand that if I somehow squeak in to like D or E, and then I can maybe work my way into a finals. But if I go into A, I have no chance. Now, I know first place is 20K, and you'd get to be on stage. You'd be pinball famous. But, I mean, I, I of course I want to be pinball famous. Who doesn't want to be? Like, it's the only famous I want to be. I don't want to be famous like the rich and famous where I have to drive like a Maserati or, oh, look how cool my whip is, yo, or how, like, expensive my penthouse is. Or I don't want to be, oh, look at my gold chains or my jewelry. Or I don't want to be that type of famous. You know what I mean? I don't want to be Cribs famous. I want to be pinball nerd famous. Pinball famous is the best type of famous because you can be broke at broke ass. That's right. I can swear on here now. I like it. You can be broke ass and still famous because uh, I gave out the good old parental guidance. Anyways, I went to A Division. If you follow me on Facebook, you already know I went to, I went to A Division. I was like, what is happening? I got a seven, a seven, a seven, an eight, and a seven. Not only did I go to A Division, I beat 25% of the people going to A Division. Now, I haven't looked, but I frankly would be shocked if there was very many people ranked lower than me that went to A Division. You have to remember, there was something like, I would guess like, on average, that at least, at least, at the very, very bare minimum, 700 of the top 1,000 players on the planet were there, and probably... Well, probably, I would say 80% of the people are ranked in the top 2,000 minimum. So the fact that you could actually... Sorry, I got distracted there briefly. Um, the fact that this freaking pinball nerd at his first Pinberg with over... Have never even played half the machines, didn't study the rule sets, somehow went to A, blew my mind. And it blew my mind so hard that I can remember that first night, I could not fall asleep. I would say it was 50% because I was in shock, shock and awe that I went to A and B was nervous as fuck. I've never been that goddamn nervous in my entire fucking life. 
I was like, holy shit, I'm going to A Division at my first Pinburg. Like that, I'm not suggesting it's unheard of, but typically I think if someone does that, there's someone who's played a wider number of tournaments with a wider number of machines who's not from River Hibbert, probably the only person from River Hibbert to go to Pinburg, I'd say, and make A Division maybe. Um, I'm just going to throw out some names there, and this isn't to brag. This is to report to you what happened. I, 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 I can't even think of any... I can't think of any Twitch streamers. Okay, well, El... Okay, Elwin. Sorry. Asher Lefkoff does stream on Twitch, and he did beat me. That's right. He went to finals, and as you know, he kicked butt in finals. He didn't quite win, but I'll leave that till the end of the story. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. The Slamtail guys, both Bruce, Bruce Nightingale, and Ron McLean. No, it's not Ron McLean. Good old Ron. Uh, Ron Hallett. Ron Hallett Jr. Because I played with his dad in a bank. I think I beat his dad, but just barely. His dad was really nice, really awesome. He uh, pointed out the... Uh, the Oh, there's a New York State uh, license plate. That's what I've been looking at for like the last uh, couple days. Anyways, we're on the good old 401 here, and I'm getting distracted because I haven't been here for a long time. And frankly, we're not used to this in the Scotia, okay? Um... Anyways, got to play with Ron Hallett. Went A. All, all people said to me all night was, holy shit, dude, you made A? Like, when I went back to the Canada table, which I love, shout out to all the Canadians that were there, they were like, holy shit, dude, you did A? Like, Julie Dorsers, who beats me in every single solitary, uh, like, Monday Night Pinball. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Not every single one, but she beats me very often there. Somehow, I believe she went to B, but I'm not going to, I'm going to tell you where they went. I'm just going to tell you the people who didn't come to A with me, Okay. First of all, Jack Danger, my pinball hero. He's made A, I guess, the last couple years in a row, and uh, he's he's freaking an A player, I'm telling you that. Um, incredible player. He didn't make it to A. Uh, none of the Buffalo pinball guys, like Rudy Soup, didn't make it to A. I love Rudy. Got to talk to Rudy quite a bit. He's awesome. Go, uh, you know, make sure you're watching Buffalo Pinball. Subscribe to them, like to them, follow them online. You probably already do. Um, got to talk to Kevin and Nick. Uh, they were pretty awesome. There was this dude with them, though. There was this dude with him. He was probably really drunk, and maybe he was just fanboying them. I don't think he was good buddies with them. They were kind of looking at him like, who's this guy? Why is he talking to us? But anyways, hopefully, I don't know. Maybe he's like their best friend. I don't know. But whoever he is, he just says to me, he doesn't even say hi or how are you doing or nice to see you. He just comes right up to me and goes, Pinball Nerds Podcast, isn't that, uh, isn't that uh, redundant? I said, what do you mean? Doing a podcast is redundant or calling it pinball nerds? And he was like, well, it's just redundant because every person who plays pinball is a pinball nerd. Now, I don't know why he didn't have a voice quite like that. Uh, but just what he was saying was so Debbie Downer, so negative Nancy, like trying to be Mr. Cool Guy. I'm like, dude, we're all here having the time of our lives. Why do you got to be such a friggin' like... I honestly don't think he was associated with them, So, and they're so awesome. I did get to speak with both of them. I told them I watch every second I can. Um, love everything they do there over at uh, Brody Even Talk Pinball. Love listening to them. I pretty much agree with everything they say all the time. I'm at the point where I want to friggin' be one of the sponsors on their show, to be honest. Um, so I absolutely love Buffalo Pinball and everything they do. But the one guy with them was such a dork. I was like, okay. And I... I was basically like, yeah, the 1,000 players at Pinburg, we're all pinball nerds. The other, like, I don't know, however many, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people who came to Pinburg who just walked by a machine and 
went over to play it. They're not all pinball nerds. Some of them were. There was actually quite a few. Uh, shout out to Craig from uh, Stratford. Uh, he was there. Really nice guy. Got to hang out with him quite a bit, which was awesome. And part of the reason I got to hang out with him so much was because he wasn't actually playing in Pinburg. He didn't want to play his first time. And I would honestly recommend, unless you're already ranked in probably the top two to 3,000, or you're just like, if you're really hungry to play in Pinburg, do it. But if you're not sure if you could just should come experience it first and maybe just play the Intergalactic, which is still the second biggest pinball tournament on the planet, by the way. I think it was up to like 600 people when I left. Sorry, orange juice break. Um, anyways, got to hang out with him lots. That was so rad. That night, I went to the dead flip after party and uh, was talking, got to talk to Jack quite a bit, which was super rad. Um, got to talk to Keith Elwin. Oh my God. So Keith Elwin's at the bar and I had had enough beers and was so stoked about getting into A that I, he was, he was just sitting there that I waited until there wasn't someone else talking to him. And I just said, Hey Keith, I just wanted to tell you really quick. And he'd already seen me talking to Jack and uh, I had already done a shot with him and cheers him and everything. And well, I tried to cheers him. I reached that way. I don't think we could quite reach. We were kind of on opposite ends. There's only like eight or nine of us. It wasn't like, well, there was, there was yeah, hundreds of dead Philippians in the bar. Is that what they call them? Uh, Jack Danger's, uh, his internets, right, as he, as he calls them. Uh, all the dead flip people were there. A lot of the mods were there. Uh, we got there kind of late. We kind of sat on the Canadian side. But I was over talking to Jack briefly, and then he was just happy to be doing shots, and he was kind enough to offer one. Thanks so much, Jack. Time of my life getting to meet you, by the way, bro. Time of my life. Um, extremely memorable. I thought maybe I'd just see you for one second and shake your hand and talk to you for like 30 seconds. And we got to actually chat a couple times. So I really appreciate that. And we actually went to the same two after parties. I'll get into the other one the next night, but so, uh, I'm talking to Keith Elwin. Yeah. I, did I just say I'm talking to Keith Elwin? Did that happen? Anyways, just go to replay effects. Even if you don't want to play Pittsburgh, cause moments like this can happen. And in fact, lots of the people at some of the after parties weren't even playing in, in, Pinburg and it was still super rad so we I, all I told him is I said dude Iron Maiden has been one of my favorite machines to play especially in competition but almost any time uh, I think the rule set is incredibly balanced it's so fun to play it was the first turn in a while to have all these extra kind of back and forth left and right shots which obviously you know puts the ball in a lot more danger for hitting the slings and hitting the out lanes and I actually think I did it I spoke to him more eloquently than this, explaining all the positives of it. But basically I told him I love that machine, but because I didn't absolutely love the theme, even though I like Iron Maiden, but I didn't love the theme enough to, for it to be my, your first new inbox machine's gotta be special guys. Don't just go out there and, and, and spend your, your wad on like, you know, the very first pinball machine you see, make sure it's a special one. Um, but for several reasons, I really wanted to get my first ever new inbox, be it, be a machine that I liked the theme, loved the shots. And that's exactly what Jurassic Park is. Forgot to mention this the morning before I qualified into a, the very first day when I got there, I waited in a pretty long lineup and, uh, you know, gave up doing a lot of interviews and gave up talking to a lot of people and researching pin tips just to shoot Jurassic Park. And it's friggin' incredible. But I will do a separate podcast for that later. The shots were incredible. The animations were incredible. Those ball stops. I, I think I told Keith this as well. When the ball stops there, those posts that come up, for a live streamer like me, they are incredible. That's a chance for me to have a little ship ship of my Minute Maid. 
that's a time for me to possibly vaporize some very uh, legal content here in Canada if I if I need some herbal remedy. Um, that's a time when I can look at my chat and talk to my chat. I'm not Jack Danger. I can't be like just doing like six ball, multi ball, midnight madness, wizard mode, uh, triple cradle death save while also looking at chat and drinking a beer in his third hand. I can't do that, okay? Because that's why he's Jack Danger and that's why I'm, I'm just this pinball nerd. Um, but he he's the man. I got to be the, the after party and the only guy... I don't even know. I don't know who's more rad. I don't know. One of them is my favorite live streamer and an incredible player. And the other guy's the number one player in the world and the number one designer. They're both... It's too hard to say. I'm not taking a stand today. I'll tell you that. But they're both incredible. I was shocked to see Keith Elwin there. You know, people were going over and talking quite a bit. So I didn't know how long I get to chat with him. And, you know, it was only like 30 seconds or maybe a minute or two. But it felt like I talked to him for like 10 minutes. Just because it was... It felt like I talked to him for an hour. And, you know, he wasn't, like, telling me industry secrets. I, I can't tell you Keith Elwin's third game, even though we all know it's be excellent to each other. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Just kidding. That, that would be, like... See, then I'd have to buy another new inbox if that happened. I mean, but secretly, we all know it's going to be Ferris Bueller's Day Off, of course. Bow, bow. No, uh, I have no clue what it is. I, I wouldn't even dare ask him something like that. I just told him how much I loved and respected him and how much I loved him even before that as a player and thought, you know, thought he was awesome. I, t- I did tell him, giving you like 100 shout-outs on the friggin' show, buddy, which is probably not far off. Um, I don't, He wasn't like, let me write down the name of your podcast so I can listen later. And he, he didn't even... Some people were like, oh, yeah, I've heard of you. Uh, he didn't even try to do any of that. He didn't BS me at all. He's not like that. He's just straightforward. And that's partially what I, I, I just love about the guy. He's not going to BS you. And that game is not BS. Get out there and buy your friggin Jurassic Park because that game is going to hold its value forever. If not go up, I think that game is going to shoot amazingly. That game is going to have appeal to young and old people alike at the exact same time. That game is going to go down in history as a game changer, a new bar standard for animations, sound integration. Newman callouts, give me a break. Newman, Jerry. Oh my God. Oh, so every time that you get a danger, it goes, uh uh uh. Uh uh uh. And Newman comes on the screen. It's like, oh my God. And like, Seinfeld's my favorite comedy. I just did a. a recently a thing talking about how Seinfeld should be one of the top five you know comedies that needs to be made into a pinball machine even though it's past its prime right so it's good that somehow part of Seinfeld and I understand that it's just Wayne Knight I know it's not the actual Newman character okay I know it's Nedry it's not nerdy if it was nerdy that'd be cooler can I call him nerdy pinball nerdy pinball Nedry uh anyways he's doing calls he's telling you hey you shook me all night long you need to shake me a little bit less um, they did have the tights set on Fairly Tilt, but that's good for Stern. They don't want those machines to get wrecked during those uh, five days. And let me tell you, that lineup just got longer and longer and longer because people loved that machine. There was one premium there. There was six pros. There was there more. I think there was more, maybe. There was at least six in the little area I saw them. I will be getting that machine. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Dead Flip Party was incredibly rad. Uh, after that, Peace Man really wanted us to go to, like, another party across the bridge at the whatever, uh, the Tiki Lounge, the Tiki Lounge, but I'll let him tell you a little bit about that at a later date, and uh, I was like, dude, I'm exhausted, it's 2.30, I can't go anywhere, 
and then, uh, yeah, yeah, we did not go, thank God, uh, got back to his house, I think we might have had one more beer, played a quick game of pen or something, and chatted for a bit, went to bed, when I set my alarm that night, it said, you're getting up in three hours and 26 minutes, and I was like, great, I got four hours last night, going for three today, this is excellent, I'm just playing for $20,000, and I went to A, and A started like this, womp womp, and then after that, it went like this, womp, and then the day ended like this horribly but you know what I had a great time I got to play with Mr. Robert Gagno that's right the number one player in Canada Uh, he's been ranked extremely high before I forget where he is now Um, I don't care what anyone says he's a top 10 player he's very he's either in that or very close to that I know he's a top ranked Canadian player that's what I know and I know he's incredible I got to play, uh, I'm going to save this, I'm going to say, because we're at 45 minutes and we're getting off here very shortly, we're going to Farm Boy, shout out to Farm Boy, uh, even though it got bought up by Sobeys, but that's okay, we're going to go get some local stuff to give with a gift card to Danielle's brother, so I've got to end this podcast soon, but um, Robert Gagno got a 12, he even beat me on skateball, beginning to play my one of my favorite Canadian pinball nerds. The gentleman from Wizard Mode. If you haven't seen Wizard Mode, go watch it. Uh, Robert happens to be autistic, but he's also an incredible pinball player. He's also a fantastic gymnast. He can literally just stand there and do flips. He's also an incredibly interesting character. But watching him play pinball was one of the highlights of my Pimberg. He doesn't really play like other people, and I don't go go watch him play, he's played in lots, lots, lots of times on stream there, but we were playing on an old EM, and he was ripping that spinner, changing the direction of the ball, without cradling up or stopping, he can do those things, he knows how to, he likes to, he will do them, but he also was playing this old EM on the fly, like I've never seen anyone play, now I'm not suggesting like a Keith Elowen or Escher Lefkoff, or one of my other pinball idols couldn't play that well or even that identical style I've just never played with them before so I've never seen a player of that caliber play and wow have you ever you ever like went to like you were going down walking down the street and you thought you were just going to some schlubby old bar or something and then someone's like oh let's go to this nightclub or like this really nice schwanky or you go to a party and you're underdressed and you're like one of these things is not like the other, not like the other, not like the other. Well, when I was in that group, I had worked my way up because I actually did go like, I think I got some fives and stuff. So I actually did work my way up from where where I'd started my ranking uh, a good amount. Well, no, I'll put it this way, enough that I was playing in the third or the fourth round, I believe, with Robert Gagno and uh, the two original founding members of the Dead Flip team, if you don't know that story, hold your horses, you're going to hear it in detail later, I don't know who from, but from someone, and uh, so they started with the original group, I believe, of four guys, and they were in Chicago, and that was the name of their group, was Dead Flip, and of course, Jack Danger, you know, that team eventually disbanded, as long story short, Jack Danger is Dead Flip on Twitch, of course, Uh, my favorite Twitch channel of all time, of course, you guys know that, in fact, uh, I'm just going to say right here, I had a conversation that went like this. Honey? Yeah? I have to ask you something. What's up? Uh, if I came home from Pinburg with a tattoo, <laughs> would you be mad? No. That's not what you said! I said if I came home from Pinburg, no. would you be mad? 
Well, I, I think I asked you what would it be of and where would you want it? <laughs> I think what you said is where. Where? That's it. No, you didn't say. Did you, you didn't say. Like you didn't say where. You were like where right away. Your first thing. That that's how I remember it. Does that sound <laughs> maybe? I don't think it was that mean. No, it wasn't that harsh. You're, you've never been that harsh in your my, entire life. My one, con- yeah, two concerns: what and where. So I said, well, don't worry. It's going to be very small, like maybe the size of my pinky. But I want the dead flip flipper tat. Okay. Just to support Jack, and just because it looks rad, and really, if you're going to get one pinball tat. That's probably the one you should get. And uh, anyways, do you want to tell them where I got the tattoo? You said you didn't get one. Oh, here I go. Show reveal. Here it is. Look, baby. Ah, you're crazy. That was the worst acting of all time. You were supposed to be like, oh my God, you got it. No, I didn't get it because I couldn't decide where I wanted it. And if you're going to get something for the rest of your life, if you make it to almost 40 and you haven't got a tat, I, I, my mom, God love her. Rest in peace, wherever you are, Mom. Uh, Heaven, Zen, the mountains, uh, back in Holland, your home country, or watching me at Pinburg, which you probably were, if you could be anywhere, if there is anywhere. I'm not sure if there is anywhere, but if there is, my mom could watch, she would have been watching. But she gave me some great advice. She said, Albert, every time you think you want a tattoo, just wait one year. If one year from now, you still want that exact same tattoo in the exact same place, then get it. My entire life, I've got to like, 11 months, I wanted a big sword on the back of my calf. Sure, glad I didn't do that. Then I went, seriously, I was going to get my, my Dutch sword emblem, right? Yeah, I didn't want, I don't want that one. Um, so anyways, every time I've ever wanted a tattoo, I have to tell myself, can you wait for a year, right? So I know I've wanted this for at least six months. I was thinking about doing it there, but I will say it right now. Next year at Pinburg, I'm getting that tat i think it's going to be the inside of my left arm i don't know why that's just where i wanted it but like kind of where my sleeve is in case i wanted to hide it i don't know why i've always thought i would venture into politics possibly in the future and i know most jobs you can do with tats now and i think even a tattoo like that especially if you're in pinball politics come on um i don't know i don't it's not even a politics thing i just i don't have any tats and i'm afraid of them and i'm gonna follow my mom's advice and i can guarantee you that if I still want this tat at Pimberg next year, that's where I'll be getting it. Because right. then it will be a year of me really thinking about where to put it and what yeah. size I want. That's probably a good idea. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. You heard it from my wife. She gave me the okay for the tattoo. Uh, tattoo of the century. We are at nine minutes here, man. I better get my body shaking. I better get moving here on this uh, this Pimbergian podcast. I thought it might have to be a two-parter, but I apologize for ranting and raving like a lunatic. I think I've got somewhere around 10 hours of sleep in three days. And last night I drove for six and a half hours. I don't know. It wasn't that far. Five and a half, whatever hours by myself, which is still long in the dark. Cause I didn't leave last night until nine, by the way, uh, I didn't do great in, in a division as you most would know. I think I finished like around one ninetieth. Um, I had a great time. I did a lot of interviews with a lot of people. I played so many fun machines and just knowing that I wasn't going to make a finals allowed me to, honey, careful. This girl just did a backwards jump and then we almost hit her, but she shouldn't like jump out to the middle of the parking lot, right? So anyways, uh, I'm gonna finish doing this real quickly and then I'll, do you wanna just pick out some nice things? Sure. And I'll come in and double check in like five? Yep. Okay, I'll see you soon. I won't forget the keys, I wouldn't do that. Bye guys. Okay, so anyways, we end up, uh, I end up 
doing not so well, but I have tons of fun. I play with lots of great players. Every player in a division can fricking play. You can't, this is other tournaments. It's possible to, when you're playing five games to just get lucky and whatever, or even match play where you do 10 rounds. It's possible for like a mediocre player to get like five matches against really good players, better than them, but just somehow get a little bit lucky. Right. But at Pimberg, when you're going to play five times, you're going to playing four people times four machines times five banks. So that's four times four is uh, 16 times five. That's uh, 32, 64, uh, 76. I don't know. Like there's just, when you're playing that many ma matches against that many players and they keep re-ranking you each time, like sort of Swiss style, like you're not, if your player, if you're ranked 100, they're not going against 101, 102, 100. You're kind of, there's a way they do it. I don't understand it. Someone smarter than me needs to nerd out and figure that one out. But basically... Uh, I ended up having the time of my friggin' life. Uh, and I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Mr. Roger Sharp saved my A-Day because at one point I was getting a little disappointed with myself. Okay? So not only did Roger, Roger Sharp save pinball, and if you don't know the story of that, just go onto YouTube. Maybe, you're probably not a pinball nerd if you don't know Roger Sharp. Put it that way. But go onto YouTube and, uh, you know, watch the My Dad Saved Pinball story with uh, you know, featuring, uh, Zach and Josh and, uh, all the sharps. And, uh, I think it's done by vice or something. It was a really cool video. It's got tons of views. And if you're a pinball nerd, you've probably already seen it. Like I said, but anyways, he was there and I was really nervous, but like someone was like, no, he's really nice. Just ask him. I said, okay, but I'm not gonna, I'll ask him for a picture, but I'm not going to ask him for a pin interview. I don't feel, I don't know enough about it. And I didn't want to ask him that. And I, I just didn't feel, I didn't feel comfortable doing it. Okay. And so I'm sorry, guys, I'm announcing right now. I did not get Roger Sharp, but I got some really rad ones. You guys are going to love. Um, but I just, I, I, I felt comfortable asking for a picture. He said, sure. He was, he had finished his round, I believe. And I made sure I watched until he had finished. Cause he was at one point I was playing and actually the, the game I did best on, on the EM, I looked to my left. And the closest person to my left playing was, uh, well, on the, like the next bank beside me was um, Roger Sharp was playing. He went to B, by the way, which is incredible. I, like that he's, you know, he's not exactly a spring chicken anymore, but he can still play and do it. And I would, I would have been surprised at all if he was an A. In fact, if he got an A, it would have been awesome. I might have got to actually play with him, which I didn't get to do. He wasn't in my grouping, but he was on the bank right beside me. So, you know, uh, I look to the left and I see Roger Sharp. I look to the right, I see Robert Gagno. I hadn't played with him yet uh, on that day. And uh, I'm like, oh my God, two of my biggest pinball heroes, two of my biggest idols, like they're, they're both up there for me in my top 10 easily, easily. And they're both playing beside me. I'm like, this is what it's all about. Don't let yourself get down. Cause I knew I did make some mistakes that day. I was getting tired. I was going on three or four days of no sleep, two weeks of not being home, had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time. But on a, I was getting down on myself. A couple of the games, I was kind of like walking away from the machines, a little hot. I wasn't like yelling or screaming. I wasn't slap, uh, slam tilting or anything like that, but I was walking away angry and then I got that picture with Roger Sharp and my whole day changed. And I said, you're just here to have fun. So my mantra changed from love is accepting, peaceful and calm. I am love, which I try to do to like keep myself calm down and not, you know, not nervous. My mantra all of a sudden changed to, dude, you're in a division and you got a picture with Roger frickin Sharp. You know what I mean? I just kept repeating that. I'm like, and I got tons of likes on Facebook from that post, which why wouldn't you? You're liking it for him, of course. And and you're happy for me that I got to meet him because I'm not going to say like, man, my life's complete now. But geez, between Keith Elwin, 
Jack Danger, Roger Sharp. Um, I didn't get to speak to other the two, the other two Sharp brothers. Um, they I know they're so busy there between you know Stern duties and IFPA duties and everything else. I didn't go talk to Bo and Karens. I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous to do that. And he was busy, you know, tournament directing and everything else. I tried not to bother or bug or fanboy out too much my first year. I thought maybe next year I can say, hey, I am the guy who tried to do 100 interviews. Um, but I was just so humbled and so pleased to be an A. It made my freaking day. That night I got to go out to the Degenerates party, Pinball Degenerates party. Uh, of course, Joe Chervino, uh, who's been on the show before and may or may not have got another awesome interview from him at Pemberg. Uh, he was hosting it. And, uh, of course, there was tons of pinball degenerates here I'd never got to meet before. Uh, notably, Nikki de Lasagna slash Nikki de la Pizza slash... What does she call herself? Rexasaurus? It has something to do with a... Uh, who knows? Maybe I got an interview with her and she can tell you herself. I don't want to give it away too much. I also have two minutes left on here. I'm going to get cut off. So I'll end it by saying I had the time of my life. The absolute time of my life. My heart is full. I had no freaking clue that there was any chance I could make A. I met so many wonderful, amazing, kind, fun, interesting people. Absolute time of my life. And I will say it right here. I will, for the rest of my life, to the day that I die, try my very best to do everything within my power to go to Pemberg. Because I want last year, 2018, to be the last year of my living life that I did not go to Pinburg. And I'm really sorry I didn't get in last year. But I am shocked and amazed I got in this year. I'm even more shocked and amazed I got in A. So next year, if I don't get an A, am I going to be disappointed? I'll try not to be. I won't be. I might be slightly. Uh, thank you so much, Pinball Nerds. I'm sorry I went off topic a little bit. I am completely exhausted. I'm not sure when I can do the next show for you. It might be Monday. Um, I've got a wedding tonight, and tomorrow I'm doing about 15 bazillion things. So... But I love you all. Thanks for listening to the show. I can't wait to put up all these pinch reviews for you. Um, I, for the first time ever, am very close to being speechless. I don't know what else to say. Uh, time of my life. If you're listening to this and you love pinball, it doesn't matter if you like competitive play. You need to go to Replay FX. You need to be there with the pinball designers. You need to be there with the pinball players. You need to be there with the personalities of pinball. You need to be there with like the hundreds and hundreds of machines that you can play. Even the Papa machines you can play when we're done with them at the end of the day if you don't want to be in it. I can't wait till Pinberg next year. Until next time. Oh, 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 oh. Until next time. Eat. Sleep. Breathe. Pinball. At Pemberg. <laughs>